morning. But uh, by the way, if you're watching on live stream, go ahead and share it on your Facebook page. We want the message of Jesus just to get out there today. Amen. How many of y'all are happy to be in the house of the Lord today, anybody? Well, good. Well, how about this? Let's get up on our feet. Jump up if you can. Let's worship Jesus together this morning.
like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a symphony in my ears. It's like holy water on my If you're new, we would love for you to grab a Connect card from the back table and fill it out and just put it in the offering bucket. Go around and greet some of your family of faith.
Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Hey, live streamers, good to have you, and uh, blessed to have you with us this morning. If you're on live stream, by the way, say hi, wave your hand in there somehow, uh, check in with us. If you have a, a prayer request, go ahead and post it on the live stream feed. At the end of service, we'll pick those up and pray for them. But we're happy to be here this morning, amen? amen. All right, well, another good Sunday, and I'm always excited to, to come to church. How about you? Didn't David write, and I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord? Didn't he say that? Yeah, that's our, that's our attitude. Every time we know the church gets to get together. Amen? Amen. Right? So, so it's like a double thing. Check it out. So you got, you got Scripture says, um, this is the day that the Lord has made. Right? We will rejoice and be glad in it. So every day when you get up, it's the day the Lord has made, and then you should rejoice and be glad in the day that the Lord has made. Amen. No matter what your day looks like, no matter what you may or may not know what's coming, right? It's the day that the Lord has made. But then, but then, but then there's certain days we get a double thing, because then David writes, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. So, so every day is the day that God has made. But then there's good days we get to come to church. You know what I'm saying? So every day is a good day. Then there's double good days when we get to come to church. So that's our attitude. Amen. So uh, tithe and offering, let's keep on in our worship. How many know that, that your giving is part of our worship? How many know that? Okay. Amen. So I said this Wednesday. Let me just say this again. Uh, do you know that uh, 70% of people who win the lottery go broke? You know that? That's a crazy statistic to me. They go bankrupt broke. 70% of people that win the lottery. So why am I telling you that? We think if God will just give me all the stuff I want, it's going to be all right. That's not what it's about, nor is not, that's not what your giving is about. Your giving is not an ATM transaction. Well, I'm giving this little bit so God will give me more, then I'll be happy because he gave me more. And no, that's not the way the kingdom is. The kingdom grows. I mean, know that God blesses you. God provides. God gives much. But that's not the purpose of your giving. Your giving is a response because of who he is. He increases you give. But it's not so, well, I just, I just hope that he gives me everything because we find out that it's all going to make you happy. You're happy because you have him. Not because all the stuff he gives you. Does that make sense? Now, if you're happy because you have him, and then he blesses you, your blessing's in the proper place in your life. You see what I mean? He, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, him first. Then he adds these things unto you, which can be a lot of different things in context, right? But we always seek him first, because if you have him, it's good enough. If he just forgave you of your sins, my goodness, you're free, that's good enough. Your, your eternity is set up. But then he's a good God, and he's a providing God and a blessing God, but then it's always in the right place in your life. You see what I'm saying? So when you give today, it's a walk of faith. God, I just am, am, am so grateful for who you are and your provision in my life. Here's my tithe, first 10% that comes in, and my offering, what's in your heart, right? And then that's just the way we live. Amen? God is who he is, and he does for us because of who he is. Amen? Amen. All right, let's... Uh, 
Somebody like to pray over the offering this morning? Any volunteers? Everybody looks at the ground right now. Anybody? <laughs> just any, uh, Judah, come on up. Judah, Judah waving around back there. We'll let Judah pray. I'm glad I'm on the stage because I'm almost as tall as you now. <laughs> All right, everybody bow your heads, please. Lord, we thank you for the good things that you've given us. We thank you that you've chosen us before we were even born. We thank you for salvation, Lord, that we didn't earn. Uh, we know that you are a good God, that you choose to bless us. Even before we knew you, you were taking care of us and you died for us. How much more do you take care of us after we know you? For you're a good God, and you give freely to those who love you. I pray that you take this offering, this tithe, this blessing, Lord, and you put it to good use. Lord, we know you have the power to multiply, that you can take a little and make a lot out of it and make it last forever and ever. So we pray that it goes forth and that it does good work, Lord, and that you bless us in return as we're faithful to you. Continue to be faithful to us as we know you will. And change our hearts for the better, Lord. Amen. Make it easier and easier to give to your kingdom. Make it that joy, that cheerful giving uh, that you love, Lord, when we do. I pray that you bless us financially, Lord. Let it be a joy to give more and more. Let us desire to be givers of the kingdom, Lord. To give to your kingdom and add to. A main treasure in our heart is to add to your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Judah. Bring it on down if you have it today. We'll get into announcements. But my, my father-in-law told me a story when he was in, in college. He went to a, a seminary in, in Boston, Massachusetts. They would often go out to eat, and all the guys would go out to eat, right? And there was one guy that they always said, you pray over the food. And so every time they went, you pray over it, you pray. And he got really tired of it. And they, they say, you pray, I ain't doing it. I, and they just sit there till he prayed, you know, one of those deals. So one, one of the last time he ever did it, he said, that's it. He stood up on his chair and shouted his prayer to the entire restaurant as loud as he could say it. And they never asked him again. Anyway, so, so that's the way that works. So, all right, announcements real quick. Don't forget, now today is the, the last day of our 21 days of prayer. We're closing that up. So thank you for your faithfulness. And your prayer and, and your fasting during this time. And again, we're, we're a church that's after the heart and mind of God and, and make sure that we're in the center of what uh, he wants for us and, and those kind of things. So uh, we'll, we'll have another 21 days of prayer sometime in the future, uh, probably in August, I think, uh, next time. But two times a year, we want to have 21 days of prayer concentrated. You should be praying all the time. Right. But concentrated times of church gathering and praying and fasting together. So two times a year, we're going to venture into 21 days of prayer. And let me just say this while it's on my mind. So here's some things that came out of it. The, the second night of, of the 21 days of prayer, Tom just had a word from the Lord. It was a one word, simple thing, the word peace. So in your heart, man, you're searching for peace. You need peace in your heart. Grab it. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Amen. Uh, another thing, uh, word that came out is, is that he is just challenging us at the church to be zealous after him. That, that listen, that God will light a fire in you like never before. The all-consuming fire, as it says in the, in the book of Hebrews, and that we're after him. It's not an emotional thing, but we are after him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen? And then a couple of things that came with him, these kind of went together, and this first one was uh, actually two different people brought the same one, is... is it's about new things. 
But he says, look and see, for I will do a new thing. Amen? So and, and the word that we talked about Wednesday came out of 2 Corinthians 13, 11, keyed on the word restore. God can restore anything. And, and for those you need restoration and things in your life, grab hold that God will do those things. So these are things that have been coming out in our 21 days of prayer. So for different people, different things, and whatever he spoke to you personally, but grab hold of those things and let's live them. Let's see what God can do. Amen? All right. So announcements real quick. Justice, can you throw up the uh, EXO slide for me if that's possible? Yeah. So coming up pretty soon, we have the, the EXO conference simulcast right here. It'll be up on the screens just like this. Friday night and Saturday morning, we provide uh, child care. We got some food coming in. So it's just time to work on your marriage. So if you're married, I encourage you to, married, I encourage you to come out. If you're thinking about getting married, come on out to that too. So it's, it's a good time just to be with your spouse and grow together, learn some things together. And I've been, uh, we've simulcasted this. This is probably our fourth year. It's always good stuff. And, and by the way, the reason it's, I've been saying this, just so you know, the reason it's 8 to 10 on Friday this, this is, is in Texas. So it's 7 to 9, we're an hour behind, so it's 8 to 10 here, so it's, it, we're, it's live, what we're doing. So anyways, if you're interested in that, sign up on the back table, have a hand people, few, handful of people signed up back there. And also, this coming Saturday, the ladies have something going on here at the church, right? So Margo and Hope, they're back there wrestling with the kids today, so I'd let her talk about it, but she's back there. So um, Galentine's Day for the ladies, this coming Saturday. 12 noon right here. They were going to do it earlier in the morning, but some people had to work, so they pushed it back for that. So 12 noon right here. Time for ladies to get together, enjoy themselves, talk about some things. And also, uh, out of that, we're going to be kicking off our ladies' small groups, which we'll talk more about that on Saturday. So if you're interested in that, one of two ways. They did send out an a, a event on Facebook. You can RSVP on there or simply sign up at the back table, and that way they know how many to prepare for. So if you have questions about that, see... Margo, she, if she survives kids' church today. Anyhow, a um, couple more things. Uh, parents of young people, so 5th to 12th grade, if I can get with you five minutes right after service right here, I just want to talk to you about a couple of things. So if, if you got uh, a young person 5th to 12th grade, or if sometime this year your 4th grader is moving into 5th grade, jump down here and I'll be with you for about five minutes. And before the word, we have a prayer uh, request today. Um, there's a lady that Kelly Lewis knows named Henrietta. It's a friend, her mom, right? And was in a, a head-on uh, car collision the other day, right? And there's a lot of complications happening. Um, one thing is her, her foot was completely shattered, right? And, and if things don't go the right way, they could possibly have to amputate the foot. And there's also another place where there's a, a giant blood blister. Oh, he, okay, and there's infection, all the different things that go with that. So we just want to pray that God will, how many know that God is the great physician? Amen. All right. So Tom, if, would you come down and, and pray with me? Can you do that? I'm going to let Tom lead this prayer. So for her foot, the, the, all the things going on in her body, we just want full and complete restoration. And I, I love, by the way, I love the, the breadth of the generations of our church, from the teeniest to the not so teeny. All right, and, and I love to involve them, so I love the wisdom of Tom. So I'm going to allow Tom to pray this morning. I'm going to, you stand right next to me, they're going to catch okay. it. All right, we're going to do this. What was her name, Henrietta? Henrietta, yeah. Lord, we bring Henrietta to you this morning. In Jesus' name. We know that you're the great physician, and we Amen. know that you already know her needs. Mm -hmm. I want you to guide the surgeons, the doctors, the nurses, 
the entire staff Amen. where they're taking care of her. Give them the opportunity to be you in, in absence. Amen. You are our provider. You are our healer, Jehovah Rapha. Amen. We thank you, Father God. She is filled and completed in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, Tom. And one thing, if you get your Bibles out and get ready, one more thing is if you look over there by the door, there's a, a music stand with a picture on it. That is an artist's rendition of what our, our new building is going to be looking like over time. So we are going to be starting um, renovation on the building in the next week or two. It's like here and now and we're moving. Amen. So uh, if you look at it, by the way, if you ever go, it's on 701 South Walnut. So if you go to the roundabout, head south, turn right on Thompson Street, it's right there. Okay. Now, if you look at that on there, it's white. But if you go there, the building is red brick. So we're, we're planning on lime whitewashing where you see the red through it and the white, new roof, new doors and all that kind of stuff. So this is going to be a process over time. But we have a lot of work to do because we are going to be moving in in the near future. Amen. It's coming quick. So how many of y'all excited about that? Amen. God, God provided for us and, and opened the door. And, and as we explained in some of our meetings, the finances are just so phenomenal for this. It could not have been nothing but God getting us in there. So it's very cool. So uh, we're going to be starting some renovations. So if you haven't been inside it yet, I'm going to tell you the best way to get there. We're going to have some volunteer days coming up and uh, to do some work in the building. So we'll announce those like, hey, Saturday, we're going in and doing this. So if you feel comfortable being a part of that, come on out. But if you're not comfortable, you can sit there and watch us or make us food. I don't know. You can do all sorts of stuff. Um, but we're going to get in there and it's going to be an exciting time. So what will happen is. We'll get in there and we'll start having service and probably after we get settled and get our stuff situated, um, uh, not everything can be renovated because remember the senior center is still there and, and uh, they have a lot of stuff stored there. So there's like half of our kids church right now that's going to be full of their things till they can move it to their place. So we're going to renovate, you know, one part of our kids church. So when we move in there, we have it. But we have to wait for them to get out there and continue to renovate. So what we want to do is when we start having services, we'll wait about a month. Then we'll have a dedication service where we'll, we'll do it on a Sunday night and invite the other campuses over and, and, and just have a good time. So that's kind of a plan. So I'll, I'll try as much as I remember to update you on what's happening and things. But it's, it's here now. Like, we're going to start buying supplies this week for the renovation. So amen. amen. So if you want to check it out, if you have questions, you can see me about it. But we're excited about that. All right. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and get it out. We have been, I think it's week number four of a series on identity. I need to get my glasses. Can't. You know, I was thinking just at the end of worship, I don't know why I'm thinking about this. One time uh, the youth band was doing a whole worship set, and I just noticed they, while they were playing, they're doing their thing, but they're kind of looking around like, what is happening? And I realized I left my mic on, and I was singing the whole set, and it was coming through their, their monitors and their ears and stuff. And they're just like, who in the world is having a very bad morning up here? You know, it was me, you know, so... Forget my glasses, leave my mic on. It just happens. Anyway, so a series on identity. You are very good. 
and you have to see yourself like that. See, God, God created, and you know the story of creation in Genesis, through the seven days of creation, and he gets, he gets done, and he makes man in his image, right? And when he gets done, he says, this is very good, right? Very good. God makes things with purpose. He makes things with intent. And he makes things that flow out of the goodness of who he is. Now, how many of y'all know you're a creation of God? Let me see. Okay, okay now, now, now you start a fight with yourself. You are very good. You are created with intent and purpose. You've got to fight with yourself about it. Because in certain places, we're going to get to this today, you have to begin to see yourself as God sees you. Now, somebody says, wait a second, time out. We messed up and made, made a mess of the whole thing with sin, so I'm not very good. Uh-huh, right? But then Jesus comes, and he dies on the cross, and he raises from the dead to restore the mess that we made. So in sin, we mar the image of God that he made us in. But in forgiveness and redemption, we are restored in his image. So you can't say I'm not very good because you are, because even though you made very good, we messed it up, he makes it very good again. Yes. Creation, fall, new creation. How many of y'all know you're a new creature? In, 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 yeah, and how many know you, you've been put on righteousness? Yeah. And, and as we talked last week, you know what that means? You've been adopted into the family of God. You're a child of God. And your, your dad is a good dad. He's our father. And he is everything that you need plus some. So if you had a good dad on earth, multiply it times whatever, and that's God, right? If you had a bad dad, forget about it. God's better. You see what I'm saying? God is a good God. And he brings you in. Why, why is, remember we said, you know, you ever see the movies where, where you have a whole bunch of kids in the orphanage? And they see a mom and a dad or a couple walk up, and, and they know they're coming in to pick something. Everybody, everybody puts on their best and tries to behave and fixes their hair because they hope they get picked and adopted, right? So they have a home. You don't have to worry about that with God. He chose you before you were made. As he said in Psalm 1, he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, and all the craziness still allowed you to be created anyways. He chose you before you were here. You don't have to worry about whether God's going to pick you. He chose you. All you got to do is respond to him. There's nobody that responds to God that's left out. And it's not like, it's not like the, uh, uh, the people that have uh, the stepchildren or something where the, the only certain kids in the house get treated good, but the stepkids, you know, like Cinderella, you know what I'm saying? She gets treated bad, you know what I'm saying? Everybody has the full rights of the children of God equal together. Nobody left out. Do you see yourself like that? When you have a moment to see yourself in a mirror, if you're getting ready and doing whatever, some of you it takes longer than me, it's not hard to make this mess, all right? So you see this, you go, but you have to stop and say, oh, it, wow. That's very good. And that is loved by God. The reason he adopted me is because he valued me so much to come. How much did God value you? Jesus came to die on the cross for you. God gave all of himself for you. 
That's how much God values you. Do you see yourself like that? Some of us have to fight here because of past things that have happened, maybe current things going on, things that were said when you're growing up as a kid, made fun of, talked down. I don't know. We, we, we often end up with labels of ourselves because of things that have happened. These labels are things that the devil uses to get at you and to keep you in a place where you're not being able to be fully used in the place that God has for you. Yes. You've got to fight these labels. This is of the enemy. Yes. If you look at yourself and say, that's not very good, false, that's the lie of the devil. You have no purpose, false, that's the lie of the devil. Amen. You have no intent for your life, false, that's the lie of the devil. That's right. God really doesn't love you, false, he loves you. God can't forgive me, false. That's a lie of the devil. You've got to come to the place of what God has said. Now, here's what I know. Now, I'm going to say this in as much kindness as possible. Some of us settle into these things, and we end up liking it there because it gives us reason not to do whatever. And it becomes a comfortable place. You see? You've got to get out of your comfortable place. And all of a sudden, when you walk in the freedom of Jesus... Those comfortable places don't look so good anymore. But they're only comfortable because of our fallen sense of ourselves. But he has something more and better for you. Now, I'm not talking about self-pride. I'm not saying, hey, man, I'm just the best thing since sliced bread. You know, it's not like that. But it is a confidence in who you are because of who he is. You can because he is. Amen. You can because he is. You got to see yourself that way. So I lead up to this morning because I want to talk to you about callings and giftings and things that God has for you. Because if, if you don't begin to see yourself as God has made you and purposed you and designed you, right? There are certain things that he called and purposed for your life that never can come out and be fulfilled. Because there will always be a reason why you don't. You see? So probably the most classic place we can go to talk about this in Scripture is Exodus chapter 3. So let's all go there. If you've got your Bible, we will put it up on the screen, but I, I encourage you to follow along if you have a Scripture in your hand, on your phone, whatever you got. If you don't know where Exodus is, second book of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus. So Exodus chapter 3. And we know the story. Um, God calls Abraham a nation being formed. Eventually, through some generations, there's a famine. The Israeli people end up in Egypt because it's being provided for. And through time, and all of a sudden, they end up slaves there. And, and they're being uh, used by the Egyptian people, by Pharaoh, to, to do all sorts of stuff to make things and build things. But they are enslaved. So Exodus chapter 3, verse number 1. Now Moses, one of the great uh, characters of the Bible, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. By the way, Moses is watching a bunch of sheep. That was an important job, by the way. But, but it wasn't like the high-class job. You see what I mean? I don't care where you're at in your life right now. God has a place to call you to. Even if you feel like what you do now is very insignificant, it's not to God. 
and he's taking you somewhere. Okay? So you look at the state of your life and you go, well, what am I doing? It's not a big deal. And you have all these things. Stop. You're doing what's in your hand. Be faithful to it. That opens the door for God to do something new if he chooses. So, so Moses is out watching the flock, okay? And uh, verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. So we got the burning bush happening. And Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And that's a strange thing. Verse 3, and Moses said, I'll turn aside to see this great sight and why the bush is not burned. So he, he sees it happening. He knows this is very odd. So he wants to go check this out. I'm, I would. I don't know about you. So he goes over to see why this bush is on fire, but it's not being consumed. And, and verse 4, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush. Do you know that God still speaks? God did not stop speaking when the cannon was closed. God still speaks. And he will speak if you have ears to hear. That if you, like Moses, will take time to turn aside and see that the voice of the Lord can be for you. Okay? So he calls out to, to Moses, 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 and, he, and, and Moses said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near, but take off your sandals of your feet, because the place for you are standing is holy ground. God is holy, God is just, God is right, he is true, but yet still he calls you and calls you to himself. And he brings you into a place of who he is. Take your standard off. This is a holy place. God can make the dirt holy. Yes. Can he not? He's in the desert with sheep, and yet the holiness of God was there in such a way that Moses, and in reverence, took the sandals off his feet to be in his presence. Wow. God calls you there. Why would God call you there? Because he loves you. Why would God call you there? Because he wants to equip you. Why would God call you there? For, for whatever reason he wants to. But God is constantly calling us in if you have ears to hear. Amen? All right. So Moses gets with God, takes his sandals off. It's a, it's a, it's a holy place. And verse 6, and, and he said, I am the God of your, your father, the God of Abraham. Now he's bringing lineage here to, to let Moses know who he is. The God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now notice he is the God of them. He is. He's currently. He's there. Right? Never forget who God is. Because if you don't forget who God is, you will begin to believe you can do what he calls you to do. Right? God reminds Moses, hey, hey come here. I, I want to talk to you. Well, hold on. Before you get any closer, this, this is a holy place. Let's be reverent here. Let's never forget who God is. Never forget his power. Never forget his might. But you realize if you never forget his power and you never forget his might, my goodness, then why can't you do what he called you to do? You remember the story of, of, of the spies that went into the promised land, Numbers 13? The Lord said, hey, I've given you this land. Go check it out. I've given you this land. I've given, you, I've given it to you. Go check it out. And they come back and say, I don't think we can do this. 
I've given you this land. They go check it out. Come, I don't think we can do this. They forgot who God was and started relying on their own insignificance. Man, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. They're big dudes there. Right? Always remember who God is and what God says. Never forget those things. So when you know the Lord has spoken to you, you grab hold of it. Never let it go. Because then you can always find reason to let it go. God said, they went and saw and said, I don't think we can do this. Now, we look at that story and say, what is wrong with them? That's just the dumbest thing. I mean, who, who wouldn't have direct orders from God and then not feel they can do it? Well, we do that stuff all the time. Right? So... Remember who God is. So God tells him, I, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, and here's what he wants. I surely have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out to the land, to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Pezzarites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me. I have seen their oppression uh, to which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, now watch this, here's the call. I will send you to Moses or Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So God calls him. He gives him something to do, purpose and intent. You know God had this purpose and intent for him before Moses long knew it. And he wants to draw it out of his life. Everybody in this room has purpose and intent in your creation. You have reason. The parable of the talents, Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. Remember? Remember? Guy was going away, and before he left, he gave five talents here, or two or three here, and one here, right? And then he goes away, and he comes back. Everybody gets something. There is nobody that was made without something given by God to do something with. Again, this is another fight. Man, I don't know. Just look at me. What talent? And then, then we always start thinking about somebody else. But man, if I just had that talent, or maybe if I could have that ability, or maybe if I could do it that way, and we start comparing ourselves. Everybody, well, now granted, in the story, there was one guy that was given the most. There was one that was given less. You have to see that. People are given different things. Not everybody's given the same thing, right? But the fact is, everybody's been given something. Do you believe that God has created you with intent and purpose for this, this world, this life? Yes. I hope so, because he did. And it is directly tied to the kingdom. Notice that Moses would call to bring a people out. It was about, about the kingdom of God. Ultimately, those things are not ultimately about you. They're about what God is up to, and we need to get in on it. You see? God has purpose and intent for your life that is directly connected to the kingdom moving forward in this world, in this time. We need to get in on what he's up to. How do you do that? Listen. He'll say, hey, Moses, come on over here. Let me, let me talk to you a little bit. I got something for you. 
Now, as we know as the story goes, let's talk about this. Moses starts giving all these reasons why he can't. You ever do that? You, you just kind of feel, but all of a sudden, insecurities, this lack of, of understanding, that's too big, I don't know about that, where's the money going to come from? I mean, all these, all these excuses start coming out. So let's look at a couple of these things. So um, verse uh, 11, the first excuse of chapter 3. Uh, but Moses said, who am I? This is just the most basic one. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? You ever, you ever do that? You feel something and you go, well, who in the world am I to do this? Again, it's this issue. Who am I? Look at this. Who am I? Right? But, but God responds to him and said, but I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that, that I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve the God on this mountain where they're meeting, on this mountain. So God says, when you say, I'm not sure I can do this because of who I am, God says, but understand something. I'm with you in this. And this is, a, this is why you remember who he is. Because if God is who you believe he is, then you can do whatever he asks you to do. There's no reason not to. Because ultimately it's not about you, it's about what he does in you and through you. And, and, and the people coming out serving on the mountain, again, it's about the kingdom. It's not about you anyways. So who am I to do this? Well, God's with you. This is why I fall short. Well, God's with you. I'm not sure I can handle this, but God's with you. Right? So that's, that's an excuse that God rejects. All right, verse 13, here's another one. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is your name, uh, what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, and here's the all description uh, uh, revelation of God, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, uh, the God of your fathers, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob has sent me to you. For this uh, is my name forever, thus to be remembered throughout the generations. So again, God is coming back to this thing. Well, where's my backing in this? Okay, so I get past, I guess I, guess I can do this. But, but really, who's with me? Well, we know, again, God is with you. You have to believe that he never leaves you, nor forsakes you. He's always with you, empowering you, giving you wisdom, opening doors that you can't open, shutting doors that should be shut, the whole deal. But who sends you? God. Do you need to hear from somebody else? Do you need to hear from somebody else? Do you need somebody else to give you a prophetic word? Do you need, do you need a, like Gideon, throw the fleece out? Do you need to do that? No. God has sent you. You know, uh, I got saved. I'll tell you a story. I got saved when I was 17, just out of high school, and immediately felt called to ministry. And I started telling people. Of all the people I told, there was only one person that said, yeah, I think you can do that. Everybody else was like, why would you do that? And they tell you, you know, you know, the people end up hating the pastors. You know, they're always just, you never make money. And they start throwing all this stuff out, right? I had one person say, I think you can do that. And it wasn't even a great, yeah, you're, you're going to do, it was, I think you can do that. That's it. 
But do you need the other people? No. No. If you heard from the Lord, he's God. He created the people that are saying all the stuff that shouldn't be saying to you. You've you got to put aside the negativity and go after what God has said. Amen. Amen? So God is the one who sends you. So let's look at another excuse. Uh, oh, we've got to jump the whole way to chapter 4, verse number 1. Chapter 4 and uh, verse number 1. The Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord said, what is in your hand? So, so it goes through this whole thing. Remember the whole story with this, throws it down, it becomes a snake, the staff. Then putting the, the hand in, pointing out leprous, then putting it back. And these are signs. Listen to me. I want you to understand something. God backs you so much that even if, even if nobody else is backing you, even if people doubt you, the gifts and talents that he put in you will make a way if you stay faithful to them. They're the signs that come. They make a way. Now, granted, God is not going to show up to you and give you a staff. I'm thankful, you know, throwing in being a snake. You don't believe me? Well, watch this. It's a snake. I'm glad it's not happening. I'm glad you're not, my hand's lepers. Check it out. Now it's not. God's with me. You know, we don't have to do that. I'm thankful for that, right? But your gift will make a way because God backs it. And through these things, that God, again, will open doors, and, 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 and he'll bring things to happen connected to his word if you stay faithful to what he says. Amen. you got to stay faithful. You realize that when God calls you to do something, he doesn't mean it's an easy road, but he's giving you a road to walk on. You see? doesn't mean it's, it's, it's going to be perfect, but you have a road. Doesn't mean that everybody's going to love it, but you have a road. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean that there's not going to be times where you kind of fall down and blood your knees and have to get back up and keep going. There's going to be times like that. But you have something to do. What has he called you to do? All right, let's keep going. We'll try to hurry up. Verse, verse 10 of chapter 4. But Moses said to the Lord, he's still complaining. This is pretty amazing. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. And then, now again, here's all the reasons why I can't, including my self desistency. But watch what God says. He goes on to say, uh, verse 11, please, Justice. But the Lord said to him, Who made a man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? So in other words, he's saying, Moses, who made you? You did, Lord. Who made your mouth and your tongue? You did, Lord. Uh, are you aware that I understand you're not the best and most eloquent with speech? Well, I'm assuming so, Lord. You made it. And I'm still calling you to go. You see what I'm saying? God is not worried about what you're not. He knows everything about you. He's worried about what's going to go on in your life because you do. And you follow. 
And you, and you start to live in the things that he called you to do. One of the things I love to see the most in the church is, is people who step up, don't have it all together, and watch the maturity process of their life as they do the things the Lord has asked them to do. And later on, they look back and say, my goodness, I could not believe I could do it, but here I am. Wow. And look what God has done through me and in me. I never thought that was possible. But right here I am, just because I was faithful, just because I realized that that is God and not me, he's working through me, just because I remembered who he was. And, and the next thing is, uh, verse, let's see, 13, I think, yeah. Verse 13, chapter 4. We said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Here's the ultimate, get me out of this. And the ang anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and then he sends Aaron to help him. Send somebody else. I don't want to do this. And that didn't make God too happy. The anger, listen, the anger of the Lord burned against him. That's not something I want. Right? When you know you're called and you know your purpose, start walking in the direction of it. Let's not mess around with what God has said. But here, here's what we do. Here, here's some things that come up. Um, sometimes our own pride gets in the way. It turns into being about you instead of his kingdom. That'll get you off track. Sometimes we know God has called us and we ignore it, like we try to run from it. Pretend it never happened. Like, like men in black or so. I don't remember the conversation never happened. It just wasn't there, right? Well, you run from God, you end up in the belly of the fish. Like Jonah, get puked up on the beach, learn a lesson. Don't ignore what God has said. You know, uh, sometimes we get lazy in it. You ever, you ever put something on the back burner and get lazy in the things you know the Lord has said to you? Sometimes flat out sin gets in the way. Sin derails purpose in our life. But here's the thing. We all have been given, I guess you want to say, three types of purposes as we start to chase Jesus. We know as a purpose of following Jesus that I am called to grow in him. That's simple. We know as a Christian we have purpose to be a light to the world. These things we're called to, we know because it's scripture. We know as a second thing we're all called to play a part in the body of Christ. We know that in scripture, 1 Corinthians 12. So here's the thing. Some people say, well, I just don't really know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Grow in God. Be a light to the world. Play your part in church, and you're, you're getting there. Right? But we also have individual, unique things that God, aren't you glad we're not all the same? We have different personalities and, and, and talents and giftings. Some of you can serve God because you can sing and play. Some of you can serve God because, because uh, 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 you're, you're just so intelligent in the medical field. Some, it, it can be so diverse. But here's the thing. Uh, this is something I learned uh, being a youth pastor for a long time. You go, to, you go to conferences, and they tell the kids, go change the world. You can change the world. And all the kids are like, yeah. And then they get home, and they go, Dude, he wants me to change the world, and I can't even keep my bedroom clean. Are you kidding me? How am I going to? I can't. you kidding me? Mom's about ready to kill me, and he wants me to go change my neighborhood. You know, listen, relax. That's right. You don't have to be anything big. 
What's in your hand right now? Are you married? Your purpose to be a good spouse through Jesus. Got kids? Your purpose to be a good parent with the help of God. Where do you work? Your purpose to be a good employee. Right? All, all, all these things we forget. But then, then there are certain things, and then again, giftings and talents. You, you'll find things that you just love to do. Man, you thought, man, I never thought, but my daughter, I'll give you an example. My daughter, um, uh, every day for the last three years during her uh, uh, free period at school, she volunteers in the special needs class at the school. That's what she does every day. You know why? She just loves it. You know, that's part of purpose where she's at in her life. Doesn't have to be anything giant or, or crazy, but she's doing something that she likes to do. You know, a lot of times the things you're called to do are things you like to do. Why? Well, God made you a personality towards certain things. If you, if you could close your eyes and say, okay, if, 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 you, if you, it could be any location, money didn't matter, uh, what would it that I would want to do? What do I, you never know that maybe what, that God, what do you daydream about? How do you know that's not the Holy Spirit saying, you know what, you may not have thought that was possible, but man, you never know. Now, it's, it's important to, to fall into things you're purposed to do instead of things you're not purposed to do. That's important. Why? Because God backs and brings authority to what he calls to, but not to the other stuff. Does that make sense? So I'll give you a quick example. We'll close up soon. I know I'm, I'm over time today. But it's kind of like this. If, like I said, I, I told you before, I can't sing, right? So let's just decide. I decided I'm going to be a rock star. I just feel it. I'm going to go change the world. I get a guitar. And I, I just start on the street corners telling people about Jesus playing my guitar. Now, let me tell you something. If I just do this all the time, do you think somebody might get saved? I think maybe. Sure. Maybe. Is that a good thing? But am I purpose to do that in my life? Where's my greatest purpose? Right here, right now. I, I can get sidetracked by some stuff that may seem good, by the way. May see some results. But I got to stay into the leading of the Holy Spirit because I can hear his voice when he cries out, Moses, Moses, I draw near and hear what he has to say. Then not give all these excuses why I can't. But realize he is who he is. He's backing me. He made me. He's going to help me. God will never call you to do things you can do without him. They're always bigger than you. Everything God has you do in life draws you back to him in a place to say, God, I need you. I can't do this without you. So when you feel called, do something, and you go, oh, I don't know about this. Good. That's great, because you have to say, God, I need your help. <laughs> and then you get with him, right? So I'll close with this. So everybody knows the story of Peter and his whole denying Jesus three times. Remember? Even though he said, I will never do that, right? Then, then before it, it all happened three times, then the rooster crowed, and he cried, wept. You would think in the greatest moment of the earthly life of Jesus that those closest to him would have did everything they could do to stick with him, but opposite, they all 
fled from him, including to the most vocal one that was probably the most, just thought he was the, had the biggest bravado, you know, Peter, denied Jesus three times. And the wonderful story in John 21, after the resurrection, remember, he gets with Peter. He says, hey, Peter, uh, will you feed my sheep? Remember that? Will you feed my sheep and feed my lambs? So, so he asked him, again, he's drawing purpose out in his life. Three times he asked him to counteract the three denials. Calls him back to purpose. So the reason I'm telling you this is, if you feel up until this point, you've just messed the whole thing up. Jesus is going to sit you down on the beach and say, okay. But will you do this now? Because Jesus, in the wonderful way of redemption, is always putting life in front of us, no matter how much we mess it up. You see? I've denied it. I was lazy. I put it aside. I didn't do this because of this excuse, that excuse, this excuse, that excuse. And, and the whole time, if we will just draw close to him, he's going to sit you down and say, okay, let's repurpose this. You're still here. I'm still Jesus. We can do this. And he takes you back into the things that you've left alone, dropped off, quit for whatever reason. Amen? So I don't care how much you've messed up. I don't care how much you've denied it. I don't care how, much, how long you've been running from it. Just stop. Turn around and just say, you got me. Let, let, let's go. And let him do what only he can do in your life. I believe, again, all of you can because he is. We believe in each one of you because we believe in Jesus. I believe you're all created good. You have purpose. You have intent. And you need to discover what those things are just in the simplicity of having a relationship with him and listening to him. And God will do things in. But, because what happens is when God does things through you, he first does things in you. So, so you get changed, and it's all a good thing. It's a great process. But God wants to take you somewhere and have impact in this world from just simply uh, being, being a great parent to, to, to having a part in your church, to being a light in the world, to whatever else gets on top of that. He has purpose for you. Just listen and follow. Amen? Okay. I'm going to pray, and then Pat, why don't you come up? Pat's going to close us out with a, a blessing today. But let's all, let's all pray, and when, when Pat's ready, we'll have you stand up. Lord, I thank you that you have called us. I thank you. You, you believe in us. I pray that we begin to believe in ourselves. I pray that each one of us, that, that, that we find confidence in you. We find the goodness of who you are into the goodness of, of what you made us to be. Strengthen us today. I pray we do all these things with wisdom, as, as it says in Scripture, Proverbs 2, 6, for the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And I pray we live in these things. Father, use us. Broken vessels before you, but that's the only kind of vessel you use. We need you today to do all the things that you're calling us to do. We know we, we can't be great parents without you. We know we can't be a great spouse without you. We know we can't even be the best employee we're supposed to be without you. We know we can't play a part in, in this, the, the body of Christ without you. We need you to do it all. It starts with our salvation and then living life. We need you every day. So Lord, we lean on you. 
But we thank you for giving us a road to walk on, and I pray we're faithful to it. In the name of Jesus, amen. So everybody stand up. Pat, if you'll come up. The blessing that we find in, in the book of Numbers, the priestly blessing. We've been talking about Moses today. Moses was talking to God, listening to God. God told him, you know your brother Aaron? He's like chief of the Levites. He's like the chief priest. He's the one who says things over my people. Go tell him this. Tell him, this is how I want you to bless my people with these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. And you are God's people. And Moses told Aaron to bless Amen. you this way. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Amen. Let him look right at you and give you peace. God loves you. We love you. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen. Until we're together next time. Talk a lot and then go. <laughs> Amen.